What is sustainable? What is ambition? What happens when you put these two seemingly incongruous words together? Some think they are mutually exclusive. I disagree. It makes me think of an old commercial from the 80s. You see a young man strutting down the street, of course wearing a Walkman. This dates this commercial for sure. So he's listening to music and eating a chocolate bar. On the other side, on a cross street, is a young woman doing the same, eating an open jar of peanut butter. Okay, it's a commercial. Who would do that? They run into each other and exclaim, hey, you got your chocolate bar in my peanut butter. The other says, hey, you got your peanut butter in my chocolate. But then they taste it, mmm, delicious. (laughs) This is the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup commercial from the 80s, as I said. Yes, chocolate and peanut butter. They're delicious together. That's often how I feel people react to sustainable ambition as a term. Two things that aren't supposed to go together, but when they pause to try it on, oh, brilliant. I'm Kathy Onetto, and this is the Sustainable Ambition Podcast. My ambition with this podcast is to help you have an aha moment of brilliance that these two terms can live together, making you a believer in sustainable ambition too. I want to invite you to come behind the scenes with me. I am writing a book on sustainable ambition, and the book is likely for many of you listening. It's for people who are ambitious, yet not at all costs, and are figuring out how to better align their life and work and continue to pursue their ambitions in a sustainable way. The book is early in development, and over the summer and into the fall, I'll be hosting workshops and conversations to learn about and test some of the principles, practices, and tools of sustainable ambition and what I'm writing about in the book. The workshops and conversations are all free. You'll walk away with new insights and more clarity on how to make your ambitions more sustainable, how to better align your life and work, and how to pursue your ambitions in a more sustainable way. You'll also have a new way of thinking about ambitions and tools to come back to again and again to help you better align life and work and identify opportunities for sustainability. Plus, you'll be able to help me shape what is most valuable for you and others, which would be such a gift. I'd love to have you join me on this journey and get a front row seat to what I'm developing. Again, the workshops and sessions will be all free, and in exchange, I would simply love your feedback with a short survey or feedback in the session. You can find more details and sign up to join me on the journey at sustainableambition.com slash behind the book. That's sustainableambition.com slash behind the book. I hope to see you in the coming months. It was February 15th, 2020. I had just hosted a workshop with a few women at my home sitting around my dining table, and something happened after that session. It started to grow and spread and take on a life of its own. No, it wasn't COVID. Luckily, I didn't host one of the Bay Area's early super spreader events, even though my workshop was small, thank goodness. But it's weird to think back on it now, however, and acknowledge that it was just about three weeks before lockdown started in Northern California. But what took hold coming out of that session was sustainable ambition. Now, I had already been thinking about these concepts for some time, but the term took root as my husband and I discussed what I had learned in my practice workshop. 
In that session, one of my friends who participated shared how she was over her ambition. She used that term. She was ahead of the curve here before others impacted by the pandemic had the same realization that they were over their ambitions. For her, she felt like her ambitions hadn't served her. They hadn't led to the happiness she desired and had hoped for. That's why the term ambition was on my mind. What I've learned since then is that when things start to feel precarious, the culprit often becomes ambition. Not our goals, but ambition. Striving. When we're frustrated with our life or career direction, or it all becomes too much, we feel like our ambitions haven't served us well. We might also lean towards ambition because of the negative halo our society ascribes to ambition. And the reality is that ambition does have a dark side. Going after ambitions that aren't aligned to us do start to grate on us. They may never have been what we wanted, or our values may have shifted. Our ambitions can steer us wrong when they aren't rooted from the right place. Or it could be that what we want or need to put our attention to now in our life may be different than before, and that feels really uncomfortable. Plus, all work and no play catches up to us. Now, sustainable was top of mind that day because we had been discussing how to navigate career inflection points, how to determine what was next. At some point in our conversation, my husband blurted, what you need is sustainable ambition. Oh, I love that. I had that same reaction that so many other people have when they hear that term, brilliant. And as I started to share the term with others, it really caught hold. And off I went on developing more meaning and structure behind the term. And as I started to do so, I also realized that I've been living a form of sustainable ambition most of my adult life. It's not to say that I've always gotten it right. I certainly have my moments where I struggle and I need to find my way back to my own sustainable ambition. Frankly, it's a constant daily practice. So in addition to hoping you'll become a believer in sustainable ambition too, what I'm really hoping is to help you think differently about being ambitious, about the ambitions you hold over time, and how you can bring more sustainability to your life and work, to craft a life with work that really works for you that fulfills you in both dimensions, that doesn't require that you lose yourself or your life. Now, with that as a goal, I'm going to spend some time in this episode delving into my definition of these terms. What do I mean by ambition? What do I mean by sustainable? I'm going to take them in that order. Sustainable ambition really is an interesting term. There is complexity and depth to it, which I love, and it can operate on many levels and take on many meanings. At the end, I'm going to close the episode with a quick tip on a sustainable ambition practice that relates to both ambitions and sustainability. So with all that, let's get into it. What is ambition? When I talk about ambition, I tend to think about it more as a noun than an adjective. What are we ambitious about? What are our ambitions, our goals? As opposed to, are we ambitious? Now, academics actually tend to think about it more along the lines of people being ambitious, the adjective, and about motivation. For example, Ayelet Fishbach, an expert on motivation and decision-making, in her book, Get It Done, wrote, quote, we define ambition by your level of aspiration. Now, ambition is thought of as a general disposition, and this is supported by a research paper by Andreas Hershey at the University of Bern, Switzerland. It is normal to be ambitious. Really, to be human is to be ambitious. But it doesn't look the same for everyone. 
For example, I love this article. It's a little dated, but I still thought it was such a powerful article back from 2005 in Time magazine. In it, anthropologist Edward Lowe from Soka University of America was quoted as saying, no matter how social status is defined, there are certain people in every community who aggressively pursue it and others who aren't so aggressive. Humans are wired to want to dominate and compete while also being wired to be collaborative. Both are natural. So being ambitious shows up differently, but it is natural. It's not something that should be negative in my mind. In fact, ambition is good. It motivates us to be engaged, contribute, and accomplish great things. And research has found that ambition leads to positive outcomes, such as educational and career success. Now, the dictionary definition of ambitious is having or showing a strong desire and determination to succeed. But what if I was to say that being ambitious is having or showing a strong desire and determination to succeed on your terms? Would that change how you feel about being ambitious? For example, I believe being ambitious can operate on different levels. It doesn't have to mean being hardcore in a negative way. I mean, you can be ambitious about your sustainability practice or your mindfulness practice. You can be ambitious about your family time or your hobby. Many people are ambitious in this kind of way. But most of us ascribe being ambitious to striving for things like money, career success, or other external measures of status. And it may sound obvious, but we also forget that we can be ambitious about some things and not others. For example, these days, I'm ambitious around my creative projects, but certainly not around cooking dinner. That's a simple example, but hopefully you understand what I mean. Now, while I believe that being ambitious is good, it can have a dark side too, which gives it its reputation. Ambitions can become harmful when we focus solely on our ambitions and exclude other elements of our life that bring fulfillment when our striving results in reckless effort, or when we tie our ambitions too much to external measures. Timothy Judge, a professor of management at the University of Notre Dame's Mendoza College, was the lead author of a 2012 study on the value of aiming high, the causes and consequences of ambition. He was quoted in an article as saying, I think the main takeaway is to appreciate what ambition gets you and what it doesn't. It certainly does make people more successful in the obvious ways we've defined success. That's important. However, we should not delude ourselves into thinking that success in this realm holds the key to living a happy and healthy life. Ambition is important, but so are other things, stable family relationships, enduring friendships, and so on. This is why I think about being ambitious and where we put our attention in terms of our ambitions as being broader than just about traditional ways that we think about ambition, typically applying to our work. If we look at ambition as a noun, it's defined as a strong desire to do or to achieve something, typically requiring determination and hard work. In that, there's two components. There's the aspiration itself, what you want to stretch and strive for, and the associated amount of effort to reach that goal. That's the determination and hard work. With the lens of better life and work alignment, I like to add a third element, and that's time. What is it time in your life for? And I believe each of these components takes a dialing in. Now, when I think about ambition, I interchange it with goal. What am I motivated to do and achieve? Where am I willing to put in the hard work? So with all that taking into consideration, this is how I define sustainable ambition. Sustainable ambition is a collection of self-defined, meaningful, motivating goals 
that are right for you now and align to your desired effort and sustained energy. So for me, as I think about ambitions, they're really goals. What are you striving and stretching for? What are your aspirations? What do you want? Now, all the rest of the words in my definition of sustainable ambition is what makes them sustainable. So let's get into that next. Some may get confused by sustainable ambition being about navigating life and work, thinking that this is about environmental sustainability and our ambitions around that. But the term sustainable has taken on broader meaning than just being about the environment. I trace this back to the UN and its creation of the Sustainable Development Goals, which are a set of 17 interconnected objectives aimed at promoting sustainable development across economic, social, and environmental dimensions. And really, I feel like this idea of human sustainability was rooted in these concepts. So when I think about sustainable as it relates to sustainable ambition, it holds multiple meanings. So what makes ambition sustainable? I'm going to share five different ways of thinking about sustainable in this context. The first is that I believe it's sustainable if ambitions are yours. I believe what makes success sustainable is rooting your ambitions and goals in your personal motivations. That means they are self-defined, they're yours, and are meaningful and motivating to you. Most of us define success based on external measures, seeking external reward. I'm pointing us to instead define success on our terms, rooted in what we want so it's personally rewarding. And around this, metrics matter too. Research has shown that internal motivators can go sour when we tie them to external metrics. So we want to define success in our own terms and have success metrics that go along with them so they don't have a negative effect. So sustainable ambitions are aligned to your definition of success. And the root of this is to define success on your terms by creating self-defined, meaningful, motivating goals and metrics. Throughout this section, I want to bring forward some former guests to share their point of view that supports each of these different elements of sustainable. Here, I want to share a quote from Al D., the founder of Better Works Lab, and what he shared in episode 88. So when I think about sustainable ambition, what really comes to mind is this idea of having the autonomy as well as the agency to define on your terms how you want to be ambitious and and where you want to be ambitious in. So ambitions also motivate our effort. What we want to do here is tap into our personal key motivators, activating our motivational brain, which engages our energy. Again, by rooting in what is motivating to you, it also motivates your effort. Speaking to this idea of motivating action, I loved what Ruth Godian said about this in episode 60. Ruth wrote the book, The Success Factor, Developing the Mindset and Skill Set for Peak Business Performance. Ruth has studied and researched the most successful people of our generation, including Nobel laureates, astronauts, and Olympic champions, to understand what they do when the world isn't watching that ultimately put them in an elite class of people who achieved exceptional success. Here's what she had to say about motivation and effort. And when other people are judging us, that's really hard to maintain that motivation. That's really, really hard. But when it comes from within, there is nothing anyone can do to put out that fire. And if anything, we're always looking for ways to pour gasoline on that fire. 
The second way that I believe ambition can be sustainable is if we make courageous choices for what's important now. Sadly, the work world doesn't accept that life and work are integrated and we can't do it all and be it all across life stages. That's a problem and needs to change. I want to share this anecdote from my guest in episode 16, Eva Dino. Eva is a writer, editor, and communications consultant, and is founder of the storytelling project, The Life I Want, A Future of Work That Works for All. In this clip, what you're going to hear is how Eva did a research project while in graduate school, and what she heard from these women and their past experiences on how their stage in life was impacted by views of ambition. I did an oral history project about it and interviewed um, women professors in in the field of journalism. And actually, you know, one of my professors talked to me with the with tears in her eyes, saying that she had quit her job. She was one of the kind of highest level women editors at a metro paper in the in the US and she left her job when she had kids because it was really hard to balance. And another one of the um, women I interviewed said, I my husband proposed to me and I turned him down for 10 years because the guys at my paper were saying you must not be that ambitious if you're going to get married. And she never had kids. So I just didn't want that to be my story. And and moreover, I kind of came to this conclusion during that class. I thought this is actually life is something we should discuss. Crafting a life is something that we should discuss in professional schools because being a journalist is like a calling and it's a dedication. But if you also being a parent is also a calling and wanting to have a family is also a calling. Integrating life and work is challenging. While Eva was interviewing women from previous decades, many of these barriers are persistent and still exist. And yet despite that, how can we step into agency? I believe we still need to consider life and work together, accept that our ambitions naturally ebb and flow with time, and courageously choose where to put our attention in the moment. So I believe it's helpful to plan in arcs and with horizons, determining what's important for this life and work arc now, and how work fits into that for you. Again, this is a core aspect of sustainable ambition or just frankly, integrating life and work that just isn't easy. But I think we do ourselves a disservice thinking we can still do and be it all. We need to make choices. So this is really about focusing our effort. And my hope is that in doing so, we can find a little bit more peace in these choices and decisions on where we want to put our attention, effort and energy now across life and work. I loved how Christina Wallace talked about this in episode 104. She is an entrepreneur, currently a a Harvard Business School professor and author of the new book, The Portfolio Life, How to Future-Proof Your Career, Avoid Burnout, and Build a Life Bigger Than Your Business Card. I asked her before we talked how she defines sustainable ambition, and she said, it's the opposite of burnout. It's the ability to dream big and work hard and still have space and support for rest and recharging along the way. And crucially, it's ambition that can evolve as your priorities and needs change through different seasons of life. We'll get to the first part of her definition in a moment, but first I want to share what she had to say from her own life around this idea of different seasons of life, making choices around career and even personal fulfillment. I recognized that I was at the point that I was ready to either start another company or join another, you know, young company and and move on or to do something else. And the answer was I needed to do something else. 
And it was at that point, I had my first child, I was I was looking through kind of what comes next that I was able to reconnect with and, and bring up an opportunity to become a professor at Harvard Business School. Then the pandemic hit. And so that was a, a fun moment of uncertainty, but it, it turned out to be the most perfect match at this stage. I'm three years in, my kids are constantly sick, and there is no way that I would have survived the last three years if I had kept the pace that I had had prior. And even not just on the work side, it was a really hard decision, but I put choirs on the back burner for a little while. I put a number of things on the back burner for a little while, and I said, right now, my portfolio has a lot of time dedicated to my kids. And that's okay. That's what this chapter of life requires. It's not forever. And I think instead, what I'm hoping, I literally am telling myself this over and over, is that having it all doesn't mean having it all at the same time. And that allowing myself seasons gives myself the permission to ebb and flow what all those things are. And that just because I put something on the back burner doesn't mean it can't come back. It very will likely come back. And if it doesn't come back, it might be because I no longer want it. So I don't know, part of this I hope is just giving people the, the language to feel like they have the permission to take these things in stages. The third way to think about sustainable is about navigating your career from decade to decade from inflection point to inflection point, with more fulfillment and ease and less angst. How do we stay engaged in life and work? What do we do when we feel like our ambition is ebbing, which I think is okay? What do we do when we are feeling like something is next? Too often, even now, with all the change happening in the world, we seem to think we are going to find a path and stay in it, moving up and up. This is going to continue to be less the norm going forward. Yet there can be so much angst that we feel during these transitions. So how can we put ourselves in a better position to enjoy these transitions and see them as explorations and adventures rather than sit in uncertainty and angst? That's one of my core hopes around sustainable ambition. Now, the fourth way to think about sustainable is around sustaining oneself to dial in and sustain our effort. This is the first part of that definition that I shared from Christina. You know, today, so many of us are addicted to being busy, and we give everything our all, which is frankly, just inherently unsustainable. So what if we became discerning about our effort and how we manage our energy to make things more sustainable? You know, frankly, the antithesis of sustainable ambition suggests that ambition equals burnout. And I just don't believe that has to be the case. There are so many examples where it's not. But it really takes discernment and intention to avoid burnout when we are ambitious and some of us are hard workers or called to do our work. I often point to endurance athletes in this regard, how they take on this approach called periodization, where they do a time period of intensity with hard work and energy, followed by restoration and relaxation. I go back to something that Ruth Godian shared in episode 60, since she has interviewed a number of Olympic athletes. And it doesn't matter if you're a scientist or an athlete, they are both really good at it. They have intense times and then break times. And these people realize that the rest time is as important 
as the peak work times, because if they want to get to their peak work times, they have to rest in between. So I believe with sustainable ambition and oftentimes for us ambitious folks, it's really about managing ourselves, keeping us from falling into reckless ambition and not overworking. I really have to thank Dr. Sahar Youssef for giving me this term, this idea of reckless ambition, which she shared with me in episode 51. Dr. Sahar Youssef is a cognitive neuroscientist and faculty member at UC Berkeley's Haas School of Business. In her work, she looks at this concept of sustainable peak performance. And here's what she had to say about that. We talk about a concept that we call sustainable peak performance. To perform is that productivity piece that people usually think about when they think of productivity, They're like doing more stuff, running really fast, running, really, running, 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 really, really, really fast. That's performance. Peak performance is to be running, yes, super fast, sure, but in the right direction. That's what peak performance is. Peak performance is running, yes, efficiently and super fast, but in on the right priorities, on the stuff that matters. And to be sustainably peak performing, we're layering on all these words, sustainably peak performing is to be able to do things like run super fast in the right direction, quarter after quarter, year after year, without burning out. It has to be sustainable. We're humans. We're big bags of blood and guts and chemicals. We're not machines. You can't just plug us into the wall. So it has to be sustainable. So we want sustainable peak performance, not burnout and not getting to the end of our lives and regretting where we spent our time, effort, and energy. And believe me, this is a practice. I believe sustainability is really found in a constant personal practice to dial in our effort and sustain our energy. I know this is true for me. So the fifth and final way to think about what makes ambition sustainable is around dialing in what we want. What is enough? This is where some might say reckless ambition can come into play too. Striving for more, needing and wanting more. What I wonder is instead of being reckless here, can we right-size our wants? Admittedly, this was not part of my original focus for sustainable ambition, but it keeps coming up in conversations and is linked to how we define success for ourselves, what we strive for, and how much effort we put in. What is enough? How much do we want? Does wanting too much lead to unsustainable ambition? This really came forward in two of my conversations, plus many more that I've been having off the podcast. But I'll take you back to episode 81 with Mike Trigg, who is the author of BitFlip. Mike has worked for 25 years in Silicon Valley as a founder, executive, and investor in dozens of venture-funded technology startups. And now he's turned his attention to creative pursuits. In BitFlip, he explores ambition in this context. Here's what he had to say about sustainable ambition and this concept of having enough. I love that term, sustainable ambition, because, you know, to me, it's, again, it's not the glorify or vilify. It's not the one extreme or the other. It's, it's saying, hey, ambition is great. It gives you mission. It gives you purpose. It gives you fulfillment. There's so many things about having an ambition and attaining elements of that vision for yourself and your career. But it does have to be sustainable, right? I think there's just too many examples in Silicon Valley, um, especially of ambition run amok, you know, where it's like ambition for ambition's sake, and it's all about the scorecard and all about the exit and the outcome. As anybody who's in the midst of that will admit in a, in a moment of clarity, 
is super unfulfilling, right? Because it, you kind of set yourself up for something that is almost entirely unattainable, right? And so you're never going to be sort of satisfied. Um, you know, I, I know many, many people who seem to never have enough, seem to never be satisfied. There's so many negative aspects of too many people wanting too much stuff and not being willing to be happier with what they have. And that message is one that is almost blasphemous in Silicon Valley of like, be happy with what you have and be satisfied with the journey, not the destination, not just the destination. Um, but that to me is what sustainable ambition is about. And that's what the book really ended up being about. I wanted it to be a cautionary tale for people coming to Silicon Valley, you know, embarking on their careers to say, okay, I need to keep this in balance. I need to do this in a way that is sustainable, not just for a two years of doing a startup, but for the 40 years of my career. Another guest who spoke to this was Bridget Jones in episode 14. Bridget is a finance coach and founder of Smart Sister Finance. Prior to Smart Sister, Bridget worked in finance and was an executive leader at several leading food companies like Cliff Bar and Whole Foods Market, where she held finance and operations leadership roles. Bridget's number one tip on managing your finances was about getting clear on what is enough. The first and the most um, fundamental question you need to ask yourself is what is enough? You've got to determine that for yourself. And um, if you can then decide, and enough, I mean, it could be a dollar amount, but it could also be a lifestyle, right? So what is enough for you? And can we right-size our wants despite all the external pressures we all might feel? So those are the five areas of sustainable. Ambitions are sustainable if you make your ambitions yours, you make choices, you dial in your career from decade to decade and allow ambitions to ebb and flow over time, you dial in and sustain your effort, and you dial in how much you want. Ambition, sustainable. Put them together and you have sustainable ambition. For me, I've defined that as a collection of self-defined, meaningful, motivating goals that are right for you now and aligned to your desired effort and sustained energy. Sustainable ambition, it's a concept, it's a mindset. I'm developing a method around it. It can be applied in the moment, over time, to a project. It's a philosophy. And I've been turning this into a mantra and guide for myself as others have suggested this to me, people have said, Kathy, what's the sustainable ambition way here? I think it's a great question. And so perhaps you can play with that too, simply asking, what's the sustainable ambition way here? With that, let me transition into closing out this episode with a quick tip around a sustainable ambition practice. Last year, I learned an important lesson about how I operate. My coach reflected to me that she noticed that I tend to do well when I have structure around my goals, that with that structure, I tend to follow the assignments and get things done and move things forward. And she was right. I had never had that observation about myself because I'm pretty self-directed. I can stay motivated and get myself to accomplish things. But what was interesting in this context was that around certain ambitions, 
I really needed external guidance and help to help me learn what I was doing and to give me structure. And by having that structure, I went further faster for sure. And so what I learned, which I hadn't thought about, was that I need ambition structures just as much as I need sustaining structures. So up to that point around sustainable ambition, there's a component of right effort where I talk about putting in place structures for sustainability. What structures do I need to put in place really to support my effort and energy and to make sure that things are sustainable? What structures do I need to put in place at work? What structures do I need to put in place at home? And yet I hadn't thought about the same thing for ambitions. For me, this was a big miss and a huge insight that became super helpful for me over the last six months. And I think as I reflect back and acknowledge, oh, I have had some structures around my ambitions that have been really helpful. But just to give you an example, well, what do I mean by an ambition structure? Well, I've taken classes on book writing. I have a coach, as I just mentioned. I have a number of mentors and communities that I'm a part of that support me. I have some partners in my work. I participate in some co-working calls that help me bring focus and accountability to my work. And I've been doing these writing sprints on a regular basis, which do the same. Great to have a community to bring us together and to have that accountability and that focused time. It's been amazing, even with just those, like the co-working calls and the writing sprints. Try to do that work on your own. It's really challenging. But when you're all on a call together, even when you're working quietly and with your video off and sound off, it feels very different to be in community in that way. And you just feel supported. So what I want to bring forward in terms of this quick tip on a sustainable ambition practice is what are the structures you might need to put in place to support your current ambitions? And also, what are the structures you need to put in place to make things sustainable for you? What structures at work and what structures at home can you build in to help make things more sustainable? And at work, perhaps think about as well, what do you need to ask for from your employer? Or if you're a leader, what do you want to put in place for your team to support more sustainability? What guardrails can you put in place to support people better so it doesn't land on everyone to define these things for themselves? So structures for ambition and structures for sustainability. How can you support yourself in creating more sustainable ambition? As always with each episode, my hope is that you leave with at least one insight that inspires you to action. Did I get you to think about ambition differently today? Did I spark a new thought on how to make life and work more sustainable? I hope so. What is one insight that caught your attention that you will take action on? And how can you put that into action within the next 24 hours? Or what new way of thinking will you share with someone to lock in what you learned? Again, my hope is that we can learn to be ambitious and bring more sustainability to our life and work to really craft a life with work that works for you, that fulfills you in both dimensions, that doesn't require that you lose yourself or your life. 
Thank you for being here with me today. I so appreciate you listening. I'll be back in two weeks with a new story of sustainable ambition. And in the meantime, you can find more episodes and show notes at sustainableambition.com slash podcast. Make sure you don't miss an episode or my insider tips, guides, and tools by signing up for Sustainable Ambition Forum, my twice monthly newsletter. Sign up at sustainableambition.com slash subscribe. And finally, if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd rate, review, and please share it with others. It really helps me to keep the podcast going and get great guests on the show. Thank you so much in advance. With that, until next time.